Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Dolly Dearest. on 1991 Movie Rewind. In Dolly Dearest, the Wade family is moving to Mexico. Elliot, played by Sam Bottoms, is starting up a doll factory in the same building where one was previously abandoned. Right next door, an ancient tomb is being excavated, and the evil spirit escapes to inhabit the dolls that were left behind. Screenplay by Maria Lise, directed by Maria Lise, and released on October 18, 1991. Have you seen Dolly Dearest before? No. You've heard of this one? Yeah. I mean, I've seen the cover of this box but, before. Yeah, but it's very clear that it's just like a child's play ripoff. Kinda, because... I mean, I didn't, it's been a while since I've seen the first one. But... This is just, um... Instead of... It, like, the demon or whatever. I mean, in Child's Play, it's not really a demon. It's just that guy who, um... It's like a serial killer or something, Yeah, right? his spirit goes into the Chucky doll. This is like a demon going through all these dolls. And then kind of, like, exorcist in a way. Because it also is in charge of... It's like under this the little girl's spell, too. Like, they... Yeah. The demon is Child's kind of way, like there's no possession yeah. There's of a no child's, child's posi- yeah. possession. Yeah, it. That's probably the I don't know. But this is just like around the time where you had, you know, child's play, and then you had dolls and like puppet master. Mm-hmm. So there's just like another one of those movies. Yeah, here's another one, and it's. Mm, it, <laughs> Okay, I haven't seen most of those, right? I've seen the original Child's Play. Obviously, we'll have to get to part three at some point for this podcast, which I'm not looking super forward to, but, I mean, just because I, I don't like Child's Play stuff. I don't know. You don't like I don't like the doll, doll stuff. Yeah. And it's not necessarily even that I think it's creepy. It's just... <sighs> I like campy horror movies. But you don't like possession of little... You don't want to see little dolls killing people? I think it's... I think it's like this weird one step too far when you, like, make this demon doll and it's supposed to have superhuman strength and can overpower people. Oh, you know? so, yeah, like, when Chucky's, like, beating up a an yeah. adult man who's, like, 6'5 exactly. or something. Yes. Like, that's, like, a step too far. And also the movie, like, takes itself a little bit too seriously to be fully entrenched in the campiness that I like mm. out of that. This one, I think, is trying to be a little bit campier, I guess. But I also, I'm not 100% convinced of that. But it has the same type of issues where you have this little doll that can, you know, contort its face and look evil and and grotesque uh, to suit its needs or just be all cutesy like a normal doll. Mm -hmm. And it just overpowers adults all the time. Uh, I mean, I guess in some of these cases, it's not like a physical overpowering. It's more like setting up booby traps. So it's a little bit different. But it's kind of convoluted how they kill. Yeah, it's... And the way that these dolls... They don't... The dolls don't really start talking until close to the end. Because in the beginning, it's just like... And it just makes that type of noise. Yeah. Until they start kind of talking to each other. And they're like, whisper talk. Like, okay, come. Or they start talking to the little girl. 
Well, the, more. The, I mean, the doll is talking to a little girl, but we just never see it, it as an audience member. We don't see member. it or hear it. It's, it's just, all, like, telepathic. Yeah, the little girl is talking, listening to the doll and laughing. And, and we hear know, nothing. We don't hear an anything. Audience. And then the little girl is saying, oh, well, Dolly says yeah. this. Yeah, Dolly told me. Dolly said Blotty to blah. And, and, little, we, and we know the little that girl the, is Jessica. Yeah, little girl is Jessica. I, I, we know that the doll is evil from the start. It's not like they're hiding this information to, I don't know, try to trick us into thinking that the daughter is the evil. Yeah, like I mean, it's pretty clear that it's not. The spirit didn't go into Jessica. It went into the dolls. We saw it go into the dolls. Mm-hmm. But it's almost as if the movie structured to make us question whether or not the doll is actually evil, and maybe it's the daughter all along. But but I yeah. never thought that. I, I I guess the way that they're hiding it from the mother, you know, like the mother thinks that it's the daughter. Yeah, that's, that's and then evil. when she's and around the, the doll. father, she's like. And then we're not nice, letting into I guess. that either, so it's almost like they're trying to treat us as if we're the mother piecing this together, too. Yeah, she's just like, she's lashing out only around her mom. Yeah. And, and I, then when she's around her father, she's like, oh, daddy, mommy did this, like, kind of, but I don't know why that, because the father gave the daughter the doll to begin with. I guess so. Or just, yeah, just to reinforce that there's a lot of tropes in this. And, you know, one of them is something's happening to the family member and the male figure refuses to believe their wife. Mm. Right? It, that's usually the way these things go. Even yeah, contemporary make the wife that the look wife and is, seem like she's crazy. Exactly. And, and the husband is the non-believing asshole who eventually comes around when things start to happen when to he him. sees it for himself and yeah. it's too late <laughs> yeah and it's too late so i think it's sort of there for that type of thing and just add the conflict but i don't know if you even need it i i, I will say this i'm glad that the movie started off pretty quickly with getting to yeah, the it, need of things. Yeah, it, there was, it just started, and I'm glad <laughs> to. But it was kind of confusing at first. Because you see, I thought they were like in a coal mine or something. I didn't know it was an archaeological dig. It's tough, yeah, the opening scene um, shows a sign in, in, in Spanish. Spanish. It just says, kind of like, keep out. Um, and but, I don't think there's any translation given on that. So, yeah, it, it, and you see like a sole person, like a single excavator trying yeah. to open up some sort of a door. And he eventually does, but the door crushes him and kills him. And then this red light escapes. Yeah. And goes into the dolls. The dolls that are near in this I guess we factory. don't physically see the light going to the dolls, do we? But we see it going to the factory, and so yeah, like, I mean, where the else would they go? There. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember but, if we see the light. And then go I was like, why is this factory so close to this yeah. archaeological dig that they're doing? Yeah. If they're doing like a, if they're digging up old Mayan ruins from thousands of years ago, why do you have this building near it wouldn't you just close down that building and close off the that like a perimeter saying hey we're going to be doing this dig and it's closed off for like a one mile radius i don't know <laughs> yeah because when i say it just seems like this factory is literally next door to this hole that they're digging in yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, when I said in the summary right next door, I mean it. Like it's it's right like they're outside. the backyard of this guy's yeah dollhouse making situation. It, yeah, you you open up one of the doors to this basically elongated shed, um, and there it is, right right out front. So 
I, yeah, it doesn't make sense because the building was locked down to begin with. It's it's weird because you would, I don't know. You would think that there would be a correlation between the two buildings already, like the tomb and then the doll making thing, because the previous doll maker, Mrs. DeLuca, who's never seen on camera because she died and just left this building to rot. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like she purposely did, right? But um, whoever was taking care of it, this guy, Mr. Estrella, he completely, basically scams the Wade family and says, you know, hey, yeah, come out here. We have this building for you. You can use all this stuff. And it's like, you yeah, know, it's all kind this of pre-existing like, equipment and stuff. And it's like rusted and like shitty. Yeah, like poltergeist. And out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so like, so like, why does this, why is there that sway to keep that building there to be reopened after the dig has already started? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, some of that stuff doesn't make sense. And, like, was there a connection between the dolls but, and, the you know, these ruins before? Probably not, but... Yeah, it's... I mean, they, they didn't... They could have made that connection. Yeah, they didn't know. know that this factory was going to be haunted in any way. No, because it wasn't until, like, a week before they arrived. Yeah. When the door fell off in the opening Yeah. Scene. So, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing. Um, yeah, and then how the realtor even said, oh yeah, like just very nonchalantly when the family moves down to Mexico and sees the factory for the first time, he's like, oh yeah, someone died just like down that hole a week ago, by the way. Yeah, he basically said like, yeah, this is, that area is closed off until they can do something or other because this guy died a week ago. Like, wouldn't you would be like, wouldn't you as the family be like, oh shit? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, the, the whole setup of them moving to Mexico just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it, yeah, it's you like drop your of... life just to become a doll maker in the middle of Mexico. Yeah, I, and just like the casual racism that kind of goes along with the way things are handled and the way they're yeah, interpreted. With, with, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh. Like, everything's perfectly fine. Ignore the fact that it's, like, dusty and rusted and everything else. It's like, that's, you know, because we kept it just how she left it and everything's good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mr. Wade's like, no one did any maintenance to this stuff? Like, no one tried to, like, upkeep the property? It's like, no, we just kept it locked. It's like, didn't we do such a great job? Aren't you so glad you're here? Um, yeah, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> but... Yeah, like, the whole general concept is kind of weird. But they put their entire life savings, basically, into this whole thing. And so, obviously, this dude, Elliot, didn't do his due diligence to figure out what's going on. He never took, like, a quick trip to Mexico by himself to see the property before yeah, moving his entire family there. To... Yeah. They just went in blind mm-hmm. for this um, new business venture. <laughs> Which, that he's gonna take yeah and it, i don't know there's so much that's weird about it there's like no timelines or anything we don't know when he's supposed to turn things around we don't know what kind of like you know are they gonna have a bunch of employees and all these kind of things it's, it, it's just a weird situation but this guy this mr australia australia is basically like oh we're rolling out the red carpet for you and you are so important to the future of mexico in a sense like that's sort of like how it's approach to the beginning Uh and I don't know that weird I'm sure it's patronization but at the same time it's a weird introduction to the whole plot of the story but beyond that like I said we have the red light at the very beginning which gets things going and then as soon as they arrive in Mexico they go to the factory to check it out and the daughter after following a frog happens to you know stumble upon these dolls and it's like, ooh, I want one. And the dad's like, okay, cool. Yeah, pick one. Take one because obviously, you know, the owner's not here to say no um, since she's dead. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so she picks one out. And, you know, I think the in, in impression that you're supposed to get there is, oh, she picked the, you know, the one doll that was possessed. 
And yeah, then maybe but then, the twist is the fact that you have all of them are actually possessed still. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which one she picked after all. They all look the same. They're all identical. Um, but yeah, early on you get to see some of the this stuff. And like, as soon as the daughter brings it back home, she puts it onto the rocking chair, says goodnight, and you see the head move afterwards. So it's like, okay, it's, it's going to be a quick little turnaround before this stuff happens. You also have a quick introduction to Rip Torn, who's our secondary... Um, I guess tertiary, because you got Denise Crosby as Marilyn Wade, the wife. Uh, you got Rip Torn, who is another archaeologist who is at some sort of university. He's been given photos by the guy who dies in the opening scene. Uh, sees that the symbols are not Mayan, as if you know that's that's what they're expecting in that part of the the region. Instead, it's something called Sanzia. And um, yeah. so he needs to go and investigate as soon as possible because this is possibly a massive discovery. So he's on his way. And in the meantime, we get to see all the fun interplay with Jessica and their housekeeper, Camilla. Uh, who I guess was gifted to them as part yeah, like I, I don't, don't understand this whole situation yeah i don't so was camilla the house so these people did they move in the house that the former owner of the doll <laughs> maker maker's house i guess i i, I guess so I, I i think they probably did say that and it specifically, came but I don't with know a housekeeper and like a groundskeeper type of guy but and i don't know anyway <laughs> yeah the important thing is you need to have some sort of local local staff to help them out and um right even do, though like, like the mom doesn't keeping stuff yeah the mom is like not doing anything so why does she need help but whatever um and she's super religious. There is a point where Jessica sees Camilla praying. Well, no, it starts off where Camilla's someone from Camilla tells like a local priest to bless their house. Yeah, they're driving back to the house and they see this priest doing a prayer over them. And just, you know, spraying holy water around the perimeter of the house. And you see Jessica, like, wincing. She's freaking the fuck <clears throat> out. It's not just wincing. She's, like... Yeah, she's starting she's to like, She's, freak. like, tantrum. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, that's, that's the first indication. Which is weird. Like, it's weird to have a priest do a prayer over the house. I honestly thought they were just driving by a church, like... Yeah, I you didn't don't know, know where it they're was coming their from house. that yeah. they're driving to their house. Uh, um, but and they do have to drive to the factory for the most part. We do see a couple scenes where Jimmy, the son, runs through a graveyard in order to get to the factory. Yeah, it, the factory is exactly how far it is, but it not is that not, far if you can walk to it. Yeah, it's it, but it's not so close that it's convenient to walk to it. I yeah, that's the idea. Um, anyway, they're driving to the house and that's whatever. Uh, and then there's another scene where Camilla has her cross um, off of her wrist dangling down and Jessica gives it stink eye. <laughs> yeah, so, and then pushes Camilla. Yeah, and pushes of, the plate. And the... Yeah, she takes the plate out of her hands and pushes it. So, because Dolly says to. Right. And Dolly's and, making her draw these pictures of these Sanzia symbols that Camilla recognizes as Sanzia, and no one else knows what the hell that means. Right. I even looked up, is Sanzia a real thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not. Okay. I, could, I was like, is this a local sort of, you know, lore in Mexico? Some sort of, you know, like La Llorona or whatever? But... 
No, this this is just made up for this movie. It, at least, I mean, that's at least that's what I found because I couldn't find anything besides other websites talking about Dolly Dearest and Senzia. Okay. So yeah, the um, to kind of skip forward, I guess the idea is that there's some sort of child devil that has the body of a child and the head of a goat, and that is devilish. And that's yeah. the Sanzia god in his sense. Yes, that so, these people worshipped however many years ago. Let loose. And I mean, so when Jesse or Jessica pushes Camilla, she speaks in Sanzian. Mm-hmm. And Camilla recognizes that and tells the mom. But that's when the mom is like, can you, like in a roundabout way saying can you just not pray or be religious around my daughter (laughs) yeah and camilla's like i quit yeah okay (laughs) she's like okay well i quit but then that night she's still there yes is the mom there at all no like the mom and the the dad come back and i don't know where the hell they went i don't know where they came from I guess they went out to dinner somewhere. We don't know what town they're in. We have no idea how big or yeah, isolated. Yeah, I don't know where they are. Because I, you only see, in Mexico, like, it's just... three locations in the entire movie. You yeah. see, like, the airport. The house. Um, the and house, then... and then the factory. <laughs> the factory. Slash ruins. That's it. So, they're... Whatever. Camilla's still there they're even out. after she quits, and she's doing ironing and whatever. And then, um... Jessica gets up out of bed and goes into this little dollhouse thing that's in the backyard, which has become, you know, their little hangout, little devil hangout. Um, Camilla's following it and following her and basically says, hey, yeah, you need to come inside. You shouldn't be out this late and all this kind of stuff. And then the door closes on them because, you know, Dolly does that with her mind. Yes. And this was... (laughs) Camilla's like, you stay here while I go through the front. Why don't you bring the child with you and go in together Yeah. in the front? Yeah. But either way, the doors are locked on both sides. And so she eventually is able to get into, like, the cellar. Yeah. And this is the only clue that we have to say, well, unless there was some dialogue that we missed at the very beginning... This is probably Mrs. DeLuca's house, because in the cellar there are tons, tons of doll of parts. Dolls, yeah. Tons of tons of parts, like the eyeballs, eyeballs. especially, is what freaks her out. Yeah. Um, and Dolly is there too, and it becomes basically like the scene from The Perfect Bride, except with the doll, <laughs> where you know she gets stabbed and she's falling down the stairs i mean this is the the parts where dolly this beginning part where dolly is killing people is funny because she just pops out and goes rah and everyone's like what the fuck yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's definitely goofy and funny but it's (sighs) cheesy i don't know (laughs) it's like it's like too cheesy in a way um it's expectedly cheesy how about that uh, it, so one thing leads to another there's a fight there's some stabbings and Camilla falls into a like a well big pit. pool of water which yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not 100% sure what it is like it could be just like a well that's open in the basement or something else but it's like a giant deep pool of water that she falls into and then Dolly throws a light bulb that was attached to a string and I don't think is anymore into the pool and that electrocutes her mm-hmm. which i don't think is possible but whatever it's a doll come to life mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's our official first on-screen death meanwhile jimmy has already gone to play in the mayan site because he doesn't care about what's going on either he's, yeah he, i mean he's, in a, the be- he's, he's the proper nerd with yeah he's a tie super and he's just super interested in it and when they first go to that factory he he's immediately warned to by his father to not 
go near the cave or the entrance yeah to this... warned by everybody yeah including like this little barking dog oh yeah in a sense but but he's like whatever i still want to go see it mm-hmm. so uh, yeah so he's he's super intrigued by that too um it okay so after they get back right so all this happens camilla dies the parents come back there's like a lightning crash that happens and like the window breaks and like explodes on their faces basically um they're looking for camilla and the dad goes down to the cellar and like the body comes popping out on top of them and all this kind of stuff and surprise your daughter is a demon but only the mom is able to sort of recognize that yeah and like i don't know however many hours later but the dad the father's just like i called the appropriate people and they're gonna come on over the end of that scene mm-hmm. yeah like aren't uh, you like, shook oh, well. that isn't the the housekeeper died in your home and they just go about their day as if nothing happened. I yeah, would've... I gotta go to the doll factory and do nothing. Cause, like, yeah, it's I like, mean, I don't know how I much time has passed. I the people and they'll come. Anyways, I'm gonna go to the fucking dollhouse thing. Meanwhile, you can still live in the house where while there's a dead body in your cellar. Okay, goodbye. That's just kind of like how he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't know what the dad is doing in the doll factory at all. Because... Because you see someone else doing the doll making, sort of. Are they even making dolls yet? Like, there's this guy, Luis, who's going to be the next to die. Right? Yeah, but... Kill all the natives first. Is he... Yeah, I know. This is... Eh. So... But, I mean... What was his role? Is he... I don't know, because the the place still looks like the same shitty mess at the end of the movie as it did at the beginning. So, like, how long have you been there, and have you even started trying to clean up anything or getting rid of this old material that's in the place? Like, why do you have all these old Dolly Dearest, you know, boxes hanging around when you're not going to be selling that? You're going to make in your own things. Get get the junk out of there first if you're actually going to turn it into a workable factory. Is he just checking up on the factory? I don't know... No, they're there. They His have deal. officially moved. Okay. But Lewis. Oh, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, I think he's a worker because the dad says, Hey, I'm B. Here's the keys. You lock up. Okay, so it's I'm just the, owner. the dad and You do all Lewis. this stuff. Yeah. I literally don't even know. Yeah, I don't know what he's done all day because it looks like nothing has been done. No, it doesn't. And... Yeah, and this is the second death where, I don't, like, this is where all the dolls kind of come to life, sort of, and they're coming at him in different ways, and, you know, he unexpectedly stitches his hand and, like, cuts off his finger from, like, a sewing machine. Yeah. And then they're all, all the dolls are coming at him, and... I have no idea this what is actually like, happened to him. Like, he had a heart... There's a point... That's what they say, is they had, that he had a heart attack. There's a point attack, where... Yeah, they said he had a heart attack, but there's a point where he's dying, and he rips his shirt off, and it looks as if a doll was gonna come through his chest, because his... Like, his chest was hardcore, like, yeah, beating. Yeah, it, it bulged a little bit. It, like, bulged out hardcore. It wasn't, like... A normal heartbeat. It looks like the alien was trying to come out, and yeah. it didn't. But I mean, like, not much physically happened to him other than oh, his hand is in the sewing machine, and it got like kind of stitched up a little bit. Yeah. Like it wasn't major damage to him, but he looked at the hand, and he's like, ah, and then he falls yeah, over. Yeah, he rips, rips his, his shirt, shirt off, off, and then like dies from whatever. So it's kind of un. It, like that was a funny scene. It was just weird. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it, it was head-scratching. I mean, he's, I don't know, he's, like, trying to pretend like he's on this date with the doll or whatever at some point. He's like, well, I'm going to eat dinner with you then. And then yeah, he's kind of And then he insults it. And he's like, oh, you don't want to talk to me? Then fine. And he, like, insults the doll. He's like, well, you're an ugly doll and this kind of stuff. And then they all come alive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
And then you have this subplot with Jimmy and, and Rip Torn's character. I only remember the guy's name. It's uh, Carl, Carl Resnick. Resnick. Uh, these kids are assholes. Right? So, like, Jimmy what, just, the like... the brother? Yeah. Like, the dude, like, he just, like, he steals the helmet from Rip Torn. Like, like he's like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be going in there. This is a very dangerous archaeological site. It's not for kids to play around with. And, he's and like, the kid's like, ah, and I'm just going to steal your helmet and just, like, go in where you can't get to. It's like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> like, shitty fucking people in this movie. I don't know. I don't have any sympathy for Jimmy either. Because, I mean, he, yeah, he just, he he just okay goes around and just does whatever the fuck he wants. I don't know. I don't know. Does he? When he shoots the doll. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> but... I don't know. Like, he doesn't he doesn't listen any more than the daughter does. I mean, they're just fucking kids. And the daughter's possessed. <laughs> yeah. That's her, that's her excuse, that she's actually she's possessed, actually possessed, by, possessed a by a demon. demon. And Jimmy's just a fucking shit. No, I don't know. He's just, like, <laughs> want, he's really interested in this archaeological... Di- I mean, he sort of helps out the archaeologist, because he's, t- he's able to fit in this little crack or whatever... I mean, yeah, I understand. I understand Carl, that, like he what's underneath it. I don't understand how any logic in this movie works because why would he be there alone? Why would Rip Torn's character be there alone? Why would the person who died at the beginning be there alone? Yeah, you, know? you, you think there would be a team yes, of archaeologists? There should yeah. be a team. Yeah. You can't afford a team with Especially this budget, I'm sure. if it's like a some sort of rare thing that was found. Yeah. This is such an important discovery. I'm just going to abandon whatever pre- professor mm-hmm. duties I have at this university, and I'm going to go do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's the budget probably talking. <laughs> so, I don't know. Whatever. I just didn't like Jimmy. <laughs> I thought, he was, I, a, I thought, I thought he, was... he was a secret jerk. Oh, I thought he was probably the best person out of this entire movie. Uh, I like I like Jessica the most. Just maybe just be performance wise. Oh, I thought, I thought the little girl who played Jessica Candace Hudson was the best part. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah, Jimmy does save the day at some point, but not after you know like sneaking out of the house when specifically being told to not leave and he runs in the dark across this graveyard getting chased by a dog um and the dolls are now after him as well and then there's you know this rip torn's dealing with an arsonist because people are trying to shut down the dig site and keep the evil from getting out even though it already has gotten out and there's a decent scene i guess where you have like this head on the stick and the was it in the factory? I guess it was in the factory. Yeah, this is when be. Jimmy is in the factory. And, yeah. Trying the... to escape after he discovers Lewis. Right. No, he doesn't even discover Oh, no, he discovers Lewis after, after... that because it, it scares him and then he falls onto Lewis's body. Yeah, even though basically. Lewis is even not, it's like... literally right in fucking yeah, front of him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a head on the stick and the it eyes are moving f- and it has, like, this big, long snake tongue and it's, like, probably one of the better practical effects in the movie mm-hmm. and I the mean, mom is... yeah things escalate with uh jessica and the doll yeah to the point where i mean she's just locking herself in that little dollhouse and there's a point where Jessica is separated from Dolly. Like, Dolly's sitting in a room on a chair, and that's when the mom confronts the doll, and that's when the doll actually starts talking. Yeah. I mean, I think I think slightly before that... Uh, no, yeah, it is before that. Like, the mom, like, tries to separate the doll from Jessica. They were sleeping in the same bed, and the mom's yeah, like, oh, I'm just going like... to move the doll to the chair... And Jessica is like, I'm gonna kill you, and like she starts yeah. singing in a devil voice and everything. And then like immediately after, like the dad doesn't believe the wife that that happened. Even though he, yeah, because Jimmy's like, whoa, your voice. And yeah, then like the Jimmy dad... fucking heard the voice change too. 
and the dad's he the dad is there too and he's like what's going on and then that's when jessica is back to her regular voice going oh daddy mommy's a fucking bitch basically mm-hmm. and then like the doll is the only thing that i have in this stupid country you dragged me to yeah this is my only friend and mommy's trying to take her away from me and then like the dad is like okay like the dad it's fuck the dad yeah. i don't know <laughs> he's the he is the worst out of all these people no oh, yeah yeah okay I, i'm saying jimmy's a secret shit i don't know he's he saved the mom and jessica <laughs> he, he got lucky <laughs> okay i don't know if it wasn't for him sneaking out and shit he wouldn't have i don't know killed it wouldn't have the doll. i don't know no because he was, that was a separate event all right so, well <laughs> had nothing to do with anything he started to see the stuff happening with the sister too um but yeah at some point the mom goes to speak with like the doll like, confronts the doll is so funny yeah yeah, but he also, like, she also tries to speak with Rip Torn, and mm-hmm. also Camilla's sister, who's also a nun, to try to, like, figure out what the hell's going on with her daughter, and Rip Torn's also like, oh, you crazy women, like, why, you know, like, oh, this is not possible, you should use logic. Um, none of these people in this town use logic, but you should, because you're a white woman. Um, I don't know. It, it it came across as like casually racist, and you know the, some of the stuff that they're talking about, like yeah. oh these stupid local superstitions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it starts off with just the mom telling Camilla, "Don't fucking pray in my house." Basically. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I don't think it was a terrible request in a sense. Like, hey, okay, let's de-escalate this thing by you know, for whatever reason, she's really sensitive to this right now. So just like you know, can you? But the way she like, said it's it... It's okay to pray, but, like, maybe just don't not do around, around Jessica right yeah. now. Yeah. But it's just, like, you, you're not allowed to have a cross necklace and blah, blah, blah. So. Anyway. But, yeah, she, then she speaks with, the, like, the nun who's trying to explain things, but doesn't really tell us anything we don't already know. It's kind of just a wasted scene. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, like, Marilyn, it's the just, mom... Jessica around. and Jimmy, they go to the factory, and that's when, El, like, the dad is being attacked by the dolls. And then, meanwhile, the professor, he and en- finally enters the tomb and sees the remains of that devil child, which is the body of an infant and head of a goat. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, oh, this myth is true, and he runs to the factory where everyone is, like, saving Elliot, the dad, from the dolls. Yeah, that's after that's they after save themselves. They yeah, that's the after Jimmy try saving the day from being the dolly, the original dolly dearest, I guess, beating up the mom and then sort of possessing Jessica to kill her mom. Yeah. And you see Jimmy with a gun. I forgot what he said. He said something so- witty. so like okay yeah the mom is like going around the house with a shotgun um trying to find the doll who had escaped and what's kind of weird is that you know like the doll at some point says like jessica's in here with me sort of like indicating that she's somehow been absorbed into the doll's body body. yeah which isn't true that's what i thought was going to happen like yeah, I thought they were gonna find some way they're to kind gonna, of like, like Jessica take her spirit is get... into the real doll or something. And yeah, yeah, like Jessica that. was gonna become fully of that spirit, that yeah. evil spirit. Like that was the intention. Maybe that is something that's in the plot that doesn't come across very well. But anyway, she's searching for the doll and has this shotgun, and she eventually pulls it on her own child because she thinks it's gonna be the doll. Doesn't shoot. But then they try to escape, and, and, you know, the doll is at the front door, waiting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the mom tries to shoot it, but Jessica is being told by the doll to stop her mom, and so they're fighting mm-hmm. physically. But that's when Jimmy and, yeah, the, takes hold the of the gun. The gun gets dropped, gun. and Jimmy grabs the gun, misses, eventually gets it right, and then 
um, like you know, like it like figure, releases, out, figure out how to fire the gun. Yeah, it releases the doll's hold on Jessica all of a sudden, which yeah, after after it gets blown away, and his witty line was "Play with this bitch." I thought that was funny. It's fine. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it witty though. <laughs> well, whatever. That that made me do a a, a, a little, a, yeah, a little chuckle. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> that's that's all you can hope for from this movie is a little chuckle. And that's when they all drive to the factory yeah. and you see the dad see being the dad attacked. Being, <clears throat> he has like his rope around this ankle and he's being wound. So he's being pulled into this mixer. So it it's is like kind spinning of, around and he's being slowly pulled into the mixer and he's going to be dropped into them. Yeah, like it dolls. is kind of funny seeing all the random dolls like trying yeah. to kill him. And anyway, it gets stopped. Um, and then I don't know where they get all the dynamite. I, yeah, I, I know Riptorn has it, which makes sense as an excavator that you'd have some. But I don't know where they get it so quickly but they get a bunch of like dynamite and at one point you see like the doll like plucking the wick out of one of them um i mean yeah this is kind of a funny scene yeah with the dolls in themselves but eventually they are able to blow up basically the entire factory and then you hear a demonic scream and then that's just implying that sanzia is gone like that's it i guess even though like he was pure light at the very beginning of the movie, so why couldn't he just escape the dolls and I mean, go if this somewhere is else? A demon, don't you literally have to exercise it? I mean, burning it is not really gonna kill it, and right? They don't, and they don't ever show them closing up the tomb or anything and be like, oh, okay, yeah, well now that... it's gone from the dolls and now we have to quickly go and like close the tomb up or something like, like that. No, aren't none you of that. supposed to like kill the source? I, yeah, I don't know. I have, but the, that's how it ends. It's just the family watching the, watching the factory burn down. And then credits. Yep. So I mean. But I needed more information. <laughs> it's good to end on a high note because it is, you know, a big, big boomy explosion. Um, but it really does not present a whole lot. It kind of like, leaves actual it, closure. Yeah, it kind of leaves it open to maybe a sequel because it doesn't seem as if you have to. You have the to with any Sanzia is truly destroyed. Yeah. You gotta do that. Um, so it was a quick little quick little sucker of a movie. It, it got going fast. I wish there was more death scenes. I mean, what? It killed two people? Yeah. I mean, kill the dad. Yeah. Kill her turn. Yeah, no, no, no. Do you need good. them all? <laughs> I don't need them all. I don't know. Yeah, just kill them all except for the wife. And it's just the wife and her kids. Yeah, even if you have... Fending for themselves. Jessica and, and the mom and, you know... Kill Jimmy. Sure, why not? <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> I don't know. This, it's, it, it, was, it was extremely what you would expect. I don't know especially like the doll scenes as well i know it's i know it can be very limiting as to what you can do with dolls and like what kind of stuff you can do with like people with their hands up the puppet's butt and moving them around and whatnot so i mean you know like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not very easy to figure out the right things to do with these i think situations, the movie but... dolls and puppet master i mean those are actual i mean this is like a direct-to-video this th those movies did a good job with seeing random dolls doing all kinds of shit. I'll be interested to see how it compares. The, the movie Dolls? Yeah, and Puppet and Master. Puppet. Uh, we have, which one do we have? We have two or three. One, oh, do we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I used to watch those movies when I was younger. <laughs> and we have Child's Play 3. So but we got a few me... different doll horror movies at some point. It made me scared of dolls though i mean watching those movies and that and the movie cat's eye there's like a vignette with a little mm. thing in the like a little it's not really a doll it's like this little creature that lives in the walls that scared me the most out of anything and i was truly scared of dolls and I don't know why I'm talking about cats. Cat, <laughs> yeah, cat's eye is... scared me, <laughs> but I was 
like the, eight years old when I saw that. This, yeah, anything would have scared me at eight. This would have scared me at eight years old. This is not scary now. The doll's face is very goofy. If I saw I think this purposely trying to when I was younger, I don't know if I would be. I don't know if I would be scared. I don't know. And there's like the little tidbit. It's what I saw is like this was a an inspiration to the movie Annabelle, which I don't. I doubt that's true. I seriously doubt that. that because was... I mean, Annabelle just because they're is... both female dolls. I mean, you could you could easily say the child's play is also right, but Annabelle Annabelle is based off an actual haunted doll. Right, that's what I thought. So, and it's also just like the prequel to The Conjuring, and it's mostly about that family, the Warrens. Mm-hmm. Like they do the you know. Yeah, those movies also have demons. a lot of the man not believing the woman stuff in there. Oh yeah, but I just when I, I just saw that tiny tidbit and I was like, but how? Because I, mean, I think someone just said that just because they're like, oh, they're both female dolls. They must be connected. And right. it's not really true. I don't know. There's not much to talk about with this one. It's it's fine for what it is. I mean, a lot of good practical effects in there. I don't think there's any like computer generated stuff or you know like um, CG blue screeny stuff like we've seen in nine seven six Yeah, evil I mean the the evil like that, doll so. face reminded me of the unborn face. Yeah, but I definitely think they were trying to make it into a Chucky. Oh. You know, uh, just the the basic doll face, the non horror one was just too goofy for me. Uh, we'll go on to the cast and crew really quickly here. Um, Ed Gale played the doll in an uncredited role. He is uh, someone who has been in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey as Station, one of the small oh. stations. <laughs> uh, he's dank in Spaceballs, and he also was in the costume for Howard the Duck. So he's in there, but he's not credited. I don't know who does the voice. I don't know if Ed Gale also does the voice, the demonic one, but I don't think there's anyone credited for that. So whatever um it was written and directed by maria lise i hope i'm pronouncing that right i'm not 100 percent sure she's had a varied career um did a little bit of writing and directing mostly in pornographic films little girls blue one and two midnight flight um was a tv movie that she wrote co-wrote um she's also directed other porn movies in a couple episodes of silk stockings that's because she got her start as an actor in the late 60s and early 70s in a bunch of grindhouse erotic type movies. Wall of Flesh, Love Camp 7, Dracula vs. Frankenstein, and a whole bunch of other random stuff. So she's kind of part of that world, and this is basically her only feature that she wrote solo that was not an X-rated movie. Uh, she's also done a lot of work as a script supervisor for various different shows up until 2010, and it doesn't look like she's active in the industry anymore. Denise Crosby played Marilyn Wade. She was probably the uh, the big name attraction for this one because she was very popular in the early 90s here, thanks to, in part for her role in Star Trek The Next Generation as Lieutenant Tasha Yar. She's also uh, done some work in 1991 in the movies Desperate Crimes and TV shows Hunter, W-I-O-U, The Flash, and Dark Justice. She has episodes in all of those, and she was also in Next Generation in 1991 as well. She got her start with uh, some movies like Trail of the Pink Panther and Curse of the Pink Panther because she was the daughter-of-law of Blake Edwards, who was primary of those Pink Panther movies. She's been in things like Deep Impact, the Key West TV show, Ray Donovan, uh, and Pet Cemetery, And she also produced Trekkies 1 and 2, the documentaries about the Star Trek fan base. I also learned yesterday that she was the, her grandfather is Bing Crosby. Oh, okay. Sam Bottoms played Elliot Wade. He got his start in The Last Picture Show alongside his brother. He went on to do other work like Outlaw Josie Wales, Apocalypse Now, Sugar Hill, Project Shadow Chaser 3, and Seabiscuit, uh, but he passed away in 2008, unfortunately due to brain cancer. Rip Torn played Carl Resnick, Oscar nominated for Cross Creek back in 1983, an Emmy winner for Larry Sanders' show, and nominated five more times for that show, also nominated for 30 Rock, Chicago Hope, and The Atlanta Child Murders, 
Razzie nominated for Freddy Got Fingered, and he'll be in a few more 1991 movies, Defending Your Life, Another Pair of Aces, Three of a Kind, Death Falls, and a movie that's not on our list called My Son Johnny. Chris Demetrol played Jimmy Wade. Uh, both of these actors, by the way, were nominated for Saturn Awards for Best Performance by a Younger Actor. Uh, Chris Demetrol and, and Candace Hudson were, but they both lost out to Eddie Furlong for T2. Aside from that, Chris was nominated for a uh, Young Artist Award for Blossom, Jonathan, The Boy Nobody Wanted, Sometimes They Come Back, which is a 1991 movie, and Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, and he also won for his role on Dream On. He was on that show for several years, the HBO series from the 80s and 90s. And he'll be in the 1991 movie Going Under. Candace Hudson, uh, also a young artist nominated for Evening Shade. Uh, she was also in The Maddening with her Evening Shade co-star Burt Reynolds. And she is the voice of Sarah in the Land Before Time movies number one through four. I've seen most. I've seen just one, I think. Uh, lastly, I'll mention Lupe Ontiveros, who played Camilla. She was Emmy nominated for Desperate Housewives, Spirit nominee for Chuck and Buck, Alma Award winner for Veronica's Closet, nominated for As Good As It Gets, Tortilla Heaven, and Reaper. She's also been in things like Real Women Have Curves, Selena, and she narrated the documentary Made in America. So she's had a very long career, and she had an early exit in this movie. So that's about all we have. The, those two Saturn Awards were basically the only things that were, that they were nominated for. It was nominated for Best Horror Film as well, which is surprising that it made I mean, the list of... give it for which awards? For Saturn Awards? For the Saturn but, I mean, it lost to Silence of the Lambs. So they're including, like, big theatrical releases and everything, too. I mean, there's and better was, uh, horror movies in this year. Yeah, this so I'm surprised year. it got... It made the shortlist of eight. That's what I'm surprised about. Do you know the other... Not offhand. Oh, no. I'm just wondering if, yeah. like, people under the stairs or something. I think that was, yeah. Okay. But yeah, Saturn does uh, horror, and then they also had a best sci-fi film. So this was in the best horror film category, and yeah, lost to silence. Anyway, we can move <laughs> I on. mean, if it won against that, I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I can understand if it was like best directed video horror yeah. film or something, but it's not even that. No, it's everything. It's like, no, it doesn't deserve a spot in the top eight for that. All right, on to true crime and pop culture we go. Uh, okay, so this movie was released October 18th, 1991, which was a Friday, and it was also released the same day as Cool as Ice. So a lot of the stuff that I talked about was Cool as Ice, especially TV-wise, is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go to music. I'm going to talk about the Billboard 100, the bottom five, because I talked about the top five before. So this is the bottom five as of the week of October 19th, 1991. All right, so starting at number 100, we have You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. That's on the T2 soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And that is... That was 15 weeks on the chart, and it peaked at number 29. Then at number 99, we had the song Good Time by Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers. And that was on the album called Jamaica, and it's J-A-H... M-E-K-Y-A. And that album was nominated for a Grammy. Mm -hmm. And it peaked at number 63. 98 is the song Chorus by Erasure. And this was on their fifth album that was Mercury. It was a, on a short list of nominees for the 1992 Mercury Prize. According to to this journalist, a music journalist, Ned Raggett. I don't, I don't really know who he is, but he's done a lot of review, music reviews for all music or whatever. And he 
also does like reviews on Pitchfork, but he ranked it as number 45 on his list of top 136 albums of the 90s. Okay. I don't know why 136 specifically. Yeah. And at number 97 is a song called The Sound of Your Voice by 38 Special. I've never heard of this song. Yeah, I just know like their two main ones. Yeah, I just know their songs from the 70s. I didn't even know they made music into the 90s. But when I looked up this song, this song was on their ninth studio album Hmm. called Bone Against Steel. And it was their last album until their comeback in 1996. (laughs) They, They were quiet for five years. And it peaked at number 33 on the Billboard Hot 100. And that was their last single that charted. Number 96 is Every Heartbeat by Amy Graham, which we've talked about before because that was... That was in the top. In the top. At some point. Yeah, so this was uh, 19 weeks on the chart and it did peak at number two. So we'll go to rankings and ratings then. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Dolly Dearest? Uh, I'm going to give this a one. I'm surprised. You know, you're talking about how how you thought it was like witty and funny and stuff like that. I like the kid, which you don't like. The, I, the brother. I like the I mean, daughter. the little girl I, was good I, too. I think she did a great great job with playing the but I was kind demonic of... and manipulative stuff. I think the kid was just like a jerk the whole time. I think he's just like a self-absorbed jerk. So, But I was just kind of like bored with the story and you know I need when there's a scary movie I need to see some cool deaths. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I just didn't care. Yeah, there needed to be more people to be thrown to the wolves or the dolls. There's just, yeah, it wasn't enough interest. This is me, you know, adding to the story. But if if that spirit possessed these dolls like a week before they were there, they just laid dormant for a week until people came by. Like, wouldn't the dolls come to life and start ransacking the little town that they live in? Yeah, they could have gotten out of the factory pretty easily, you'd think. They just stayed just in that factory until people came in. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. It's There's a lot that just doesn't make sense. I mean, the pacing is fine. Yeah, it, I mean, it starts and it doesn't have this long-winded like backstory i don't know but it's a lot of the mom trying to figure out what's going on and making sense of things and then trying to convince other people when we don't care or you know fine if that happens but also just have the dolls kill more stuff in the meantime and it just doesn't happen uh so yeah i'm with you on my zero to four star scale i'm also giving it a one it's just not I, like I said, I'm, I I don't think doll horror movies are the things for me, and this did not convince me otherwise yet. Uh, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch this again? No. No, I mean, you've mentioned like four different doll horror movies that we could watch instead, so uh, there's plenty in this yeah, subgenre to go after. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying after. Dolls or Puppet Master is amazing movies or anything like but that. But it, it, almost, it almost has to be better than this. I just remember it, it. I just remember how creative it was. With there was different types of dolls. It wasn't one doll. Okay. Coming to life. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, yeah, this one's a no. We don't need to see it again. If there was a sequel, then I guess maybe. But I would that, see okay. a sequel if there was one. But I know this didn't have one. Because yeah, I mean, from what I saw, it was. It was released, limited release, in just like the Midwest, and but yeah, I didn't I could, see how I much money. I couldn't find any box office info on it. Yeah. So if that shows up at some point, because that has happened a couple times with movies where you know box office information did get added where we didn't have it before. Um, so if if we find it at some point, we can add it to the list and whatever. But 
Yeah. Um, I think this is just a shameless cash grab and it just didn't warrant a sequel. If you out there want to watch Dolly Dearest as of this recording in September 2022, it's available on YouTube, VHS, or DVD. It was not on Popcorn Flicks, as we stated last week. Uh, as always, check your local listings as that can change. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're continuing our horror month with Afraid of the Dark. Not Are You Afraid of the Dark, but Afraid of the Dark. That's available through digital rental, VHS, or DVD. We will see you then.